0: Welcome to the twelfth episode of my short lecture series on family violence and crime. I am Dr. Asam Vikar. In this episode, we talk about special populations and family violence. In this series, we have already covered various types and aspects of family violence and crime. When discussing those issues, we needed to focus on how they relate to people in general. However, There are special populations that are being impacted by family violence in different ways than people in general. Family violence within special populations continues to increase because the United States and other modern countries are becoming more and more diverse and heterogeneous. Victim service professionals, therefore, need to become aware of and sensitive to the needs of these special family violence victims, more importantly, They need to act as advocates for these victims to individuals and agencies within the criminal justice system. While it's possible to identify and study various special populations, in this episode I will focus on victims with HIV or AIDS, victims with disabilities, violence in in military families, victims of spiritual abuse, mental health and family violence, and victims of fatal alcohol syndrome. The first one, victims with HIV and AIDS, actually talks about how victims carrying this this, this disease have special conditions that needs to be uh, taken care of, especially by the victim service agents and professionals. AIDS is the acronym for the medical term acquired immune deficiency syndrome the acquired portion of the term means that the condition is not a birth defect but was acquired after birth from another person human Im- H- human immunodeficiency deficiency virus or hiv is the virus that causes aids so when we talk about aids and hiv we actually refer to people, or when we talk about AIDS, we actually talk about HIV-positive people. And the three most common routes of HIV transmission are sexual transmission, blood-to-blood transmission, and mother-to-child transmission. And victim service providers have attempted to deal with the impact of this disease on the victims they serve. Most service providers focus solely on victims of rape. However, with the passage of time and expansion of knowledge regarding the disease, victim service professionals now must understand how HIV affects victims of child sexual abuse and other forms of family violence. Service providers must also be ready to deal with persons who are infected with the disease and who are victimized. A critical first step in responding to these victims' special needs is to create a safe and open environment in which a victim, family member, friend, or colleague will feel secure enough in raising the HIV-AIDS issue. By creating this safe environment, the victim will receive a message that he or she is uh, with someone who has some knowledge of the disease and is open to discussing it. Victims must be reassured that the professional is not sitting in judgment of them or their lifestyle. The second special group that I wanted to talk about uh, is the victims with disabilities. People with disabilities have the same rights as any other victim, but they remain one of the largest categories of victims to be neglected by our criminal justice system. This is because they are not afforded the same type of access, legitimacy, or respect as, another victim, as other victims. And one of the first issues confronting victim service providers is how to respond to victims of family violence who also have a disability. Each type of disability may require a different response on the part of the victim service provider. And the victim service providers as professionals need to be cognizant of those special needs of disabled people. And victim service professionals must understand that the person with, with disabilities, just like all other victims, is an individual and each must be approached and interacted with as an individual first. Another group that I wanted to talk in this episode is the military families and violence in those families. We are all proud of those service members who serve to their countries. However, over the last several years, we have learned of a darker, more private side to service in the military. In recent years, reports of abuse and intimate violence have surfaced in the media regarding members of the military. It should be stated that family violence in the military is not new phenomena, rather, As we, as a society, have become more and more aware of family violence in general, more and more victims are stepping forward to report it. This is what appears to be happening in the military as well. But we also have to understand this group is special because military might be acting as a special social environment or like a close community. From a legal standpoint, you have to know that in most of the countries, military services create their own legal systems and they have a subculture which requires isolation from the other community members in the society or requires the keeping certain issues secret like a family issue. So military members in general can be acting as a large family and the families in that large family might have further isolation compared to regular families in the general public. Like that special legal system in most military services, in the United States, for instance, the Department of Defense has a number of victim and witness programs. Um, The Department of Defense established a directive that implements requirements for victims and witnesses from initial contact through investigation persecution and confinement. So again, please pay attention to the fact that when we are talking about military as a large family, um, we are not only talking about people or we are not talking about the service members who have their own families. You have to pay attention um, to the characteristics of the family environment as a social um, social group which acts like a family which has its own secrets which is isolated from the other groups in the larger society so brings special challenges um, to the vulnerable especially the vulnerable members of that larger social group another group that i wanted to talk about um, in this episode is the victims of spiritual abuse especially in the recent years we have heard a lot about how clergy uh, might be acting as perpetrators in, in most of the times um, child abuse cases. And usually the incidents we hear involve sexual abuse and other forms of abuse that occur in a religious environment or because of spiritual pressure. Again, you have to understand that we talk about those issues not like a regular um, extrafamilial abuse but in a special context, because spirituality or religion brings special conditions which make it harder for the victims um, to come out and speak about their victimization or to seek help. Or in some instances, even consider their abuse as a, vic- as a or, or consider uh, the violence that they are victim of as an abusive behavior. They might be considering this a part of their their belief, um, they might be considered this as a condition of being a part of that religion or that spiritual group. Um, you might have heard about various cults from around the world, uh, which direct their members into certain ways to act in certain ways, which might go as um, dramatic as committing suicide or Um, involving in abnormal relations with each other and in uh, in some of those spiritual abuse cases um, there might be a clergy involved like a pastor priest or another religious leader uh, which also has a caretaker role this is why we consider this type of abuse um, like a family violence or Uh, within the context of family violence because those people create the conditions very similar and comparable to the special conditions of a family environment. Um, In general, we define spiritual abuse, excuse me, we define spiritual abuse in general as physical, emotional or sexual abuse committed by a person using the authority of or under color of spiritual beliefs. And this definition includes those who exercise control in religious groups such as pastors, faith healers, and priests, as well as those who supervise others in religious settings and act for the spiritual leader. And this abuse, this type of abuse, can involve physical beatings or flogging, brainwashing, and sexual acts with children, and can even result in death. Religious abuse can erupt in splinter groups, like colds and result in the deaths of hundreds of followers as it happened in the past, or it can occur in traditional religions. Another group that I want to cover in this episode is the victims of or the mentally uh, unhealthy people and how they are more vulnerable um, in terms of family violence. And we know that in the modern world, um, the mental health or mental illnesses have been increasing. Um, In the United States, for instance, some studies suggest that one third of the population suffers from some degree of mental disorder. And mental disorder is any disorder that causes a person to deviate significantly from the expected norm. But uh, from a scientific standpoint, um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, usually known as DSM, and lastly, uh, you know, there there are new versions changing uh, with the scientific improvements, but that manual um, includes the symptoms of those mental disorders and help professionals to identify those conditions uh, as an illness. Uh, They include psychotic disorders, bipolar disorders, depressive disorders, anxiety disorders, and uh, you might be hearing a lot about trauma and stress-related disorders like PTSD. And the victims of family violence usually suffer from various types of mental illnesses. But you also have to understand that mental illnesses are not only the outcome or the result of being victimized in a family setting, but they also cause committing violence against other members in the society and especially in the family. So it's both a cause and a consequence. It's both a cause and a result. And lastly, in this episode, I wanted to talk about a very special group of victims. Um, They are the victims of fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. And it's a unique form of child abuse, uh, as accepted by many scholars in this field. It's difficult to find an appropriate place to discuss this issue. Clearly, it's one of the most severe forms of child abuse. And according to CDC, and it's caused uh, by consuming alcohol um, by pregnant women when the fetus is in the womb. And according to CDC, there is no known safe amount of alcohol to drink while pregnant, and there is also no safe time to drink. There is also no safe time during pregnancy to drink, and no safe kind of alcohol for fetus. The CDC urges pregnant women not to drink alcohol at any time during pregnancy. And um, while there are various scientific ways um, to understand if a young child uh, has fetal alcohol syndrome, uh, they usually have physical characteristics or mental issues like they might have abnormal facial features such as a smooth ridge between the nose and the upper lip, or they might have a smaller head size compared to a normal baby. Um, from a behavioral standpoint, they might display hyperactive behavior. Uh, they might have difficulty pay, to pay, paying attention, poor memory, learning disabilities or intellectual disability or low IQ. In summary, and uh, once again, I want to mention that uh, the special groups can be identified and studied in various other ways. But we have focused only a small number of those special groups. And what we know for sure is all around the world with the increasing diversity and globalization and access to technology and a other issues related to environment and health. Um, day after day, uh, we encounter different special groups that needs a special understanding and a special approach on the side of professionals who deal with various types of family violence. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm looking forward to having you again in the next episode.